Welcome to TCN Talks. The goal of our podcast is 15 to 20 minutes of relevant, need-to-know information to help you in your role as a hospice, palliative care, and serious illness leader, and for the team at all levels of the organization. Our goal is concise and relevant information because brevity signals respect. And the bookends of our podcast are always something to make you think deeper about life, about our topic, or both. And now, here's Chris Como. Hello and welcome. Before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsor, Delta CareRx. Delta CareRx is the title sponsor for our 2022 Leadership Immersion Courses. Delta CareRx is the premier vendor of Teleos Collaborative Network and provides pharmacy benefit management services that allow their clients to experience deep discounts utilizing a preferred local network of pharmacies that can provide same-day delivery when necessary. Thanks to Delta CareRx for all the great work they do in the hospice industry. And just a quick plug, our next Teleos Collaborative Network Leadership Immersion course is the week of November 7th. So coming right up, the training has been reviewed to some of the most potent and powerful leadership training hospice and palliative care leaders have ever been through. Join us. Go to teleascn.org and look under courses. So our guest today is Michelle Webb. She's a clinical assistant professor of nursing, certified cultural intelligence facilitator, and unconscious bias coach at the Duke University School of Nursing, and also have the privilege of saying Michelle's a dear friend as well. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's so good to have you. Michelle, what else does the audience need to know about you? Well, I'm also a, uh, a nurse that um, uh, loves hospice and palliative care, and uh, I'm currently um, uh, the president-elect for the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association, and uh, know, know Chris and the TCN team from my time uh, spent with them, as well as over 17 years now, I think, of um, work in the hospice and palliative care field, and also worked worked as a um, with TCN for many years, and um, just have a passion for taking care of those who are seriously ill, and for really um, enhancing and advancing nursing practice and in the hospice and palliative care space. So um, those are kind of the most important things. You know, like everyone else, I have the story of how I came to this work um, and have continued to have personal experiences that affirm that this is really my cause, part of my cause and purpose. And now I'm uh, focused on really um, equipping the next generation of leaders in, in nursing. And I'm very excited to have the opportunity to to work with the next generation because they definitely are coming into nursing at a time and into healthcare at a time where the challenges are um, are huge. Yep. And we're going to be talking about one of those today. So Yeah, well, and that's, that's such a great segue, Michelle. And just first off, I want to thank you for the work that you are doing. For us to lose you to anything, this would be the thing I would want to lose you to, is you are truly on the front lines and working on the future of nursing in your role. In fact, you and I were talking before the show just probably what to title this, and I think we're going to title the show The Staffing Crisis that is probably not going to end. So what are your thoughts, Michelle, regarding the current healthcare staffing challenge? Yeah, I think I think that exactly is it. The staffing crisis is not going to end. The, the shortages of nurses aren't going away quickly, and and those who work in healthcare and lead healthcare need to balance short-term enhancements with longer-term transformation. So um, it's about doing what you need to do in the short-term crisis, but also this is our opportunity to transform the way that we provide nursing care and to transform nursing as a profession. And so, if ever there was a time for leadership, I think it's now. 
Um, I say to my students, there's a significant shortage of nurses, but there's a dearth of transformational leaders. And so part of what I hope to um, have as my legacy is that I help to build some, help to really develop some of the next generation of transformational leaders, because we need them everywhere, that nursing practice has influence and voice, and it's definitely this and definitely the staffing crisis is one of those places and um, we need to be at the table everywhere that healthcare transformational work is happening and show up as nurses to be a part of the solution to a crisis that's been there for a while but now is one that uh, really we need to look at um, not just managing but also transforming the way that we um, staff nurses and and retain nurses and um, and really create an environment where they can thrive and um, and have the joy that I've had for, I won't say how many years now as a nurse. <laughs> Come on, Michelle, plug that in there. <laughs> but I, I, but it's now, it's now about 40 years. And I say to my, say to my students, I love being a nurse more than ever in spite of the challenges. And I am inspired when I work with them and inspired by uh, the energy that they bring and, and the hope for really doing things very differently. I, I, I think you and I, Chris, talked some time ago about a conversation that I had with a colleague um, who's at the, I think he's at uh, the Ohio State University, but he was talking about how um, whenever you've had a problem around for a long time, it's a problem that's ripe for innovation. So, mm. uh, so I really think that um, this um, shortage is not going away and it's ripe for in innovation and transformation. Well, a couple of thoughts, Michelle. I, can, I have so many Michelle-isms over the year, just little poignant moments of just deep wisdom that just like the moment settled upon me. And one was, at the time, maybe you had been nursing in 30 years, so it was probably maybe 10 years ago, and you just looked at me just very profoundly and said, I've been a nurse for 30 years, never been a day someone picked up the phone and called me and said, Michelle, just want you to know we have all the resources we need today. And I just remember going... Oh, so this has been a problem for a long time. This is not new, right. um, but obviously it's now kind of gotten to an acute stage. And the other moment that just really sticks with me, this is such a profound Michelle moment, and maybe you might speak a little bit to this. Um, we, we had a partnership in Zambia, just such an amazing partnership where we were trying to help palliative care across an entire country, um, Dr. Janet Bull and you and Dr. Morris. Let's jump to a chance to make a difference for an entire country and obviously even also impacting the continent of Africa. And remember when you got back, I just looked at you and said, Michelle, what's maybe one of the most profound things from the work? And you just looked at me and said, we have so much abundance. And it just came out, um, and I might be paraphrasing, but that's what I walked away with and thought, wow. And so it feels like both of those just feel very poignant to the moment. Um, I feel like I see some leaders telling staff, look, we're going to find staff and it's going to get better. And I feel like, no, it's not going to get better. And if we overpromise and underdeliver, we're just really missing an opportunity. So can you speak to all that? Sure. Yeah, I think, again, um, one of the things that, I, that I'm really um, meditating on and studying a lot is this idea of polarity thinking and that we do have those two poles that are working together in kind of dynamic tension that that it, there is a scarcity but there's also some abundance there's abundance in terms of um, some key trends and drivers that we look at in healthcare. we've got an abundance in terms of the opportunity to leverage technology differently we've got abundance in terms of our potential for innovation um, and so i think that you know again it's it's not an either or it's not just focusing on that scarcity but focusing on the abundance that we do have and and that was definitely my experience i think that it's how we use the abundance that we have uh, to really again hold intention that scarcity that we have in terms of in terms of 
labor and in terms of our worsening our workforce, it isn't going away as as we've said again. And so we really have to hold those two things and in a, in, in a really good tension. Um, you know, I think that um, this is a time to be thinking about innovative care delivery models. Uh, think about um, you know how to really. Um, prioritize the value that nursing brings to get to be very clear about that um, to and to effectively communicate what really is the most valuable thing that um, nurses bring and what you want to protect um, and the kinds of outcomes that you want to make sure that you get so um, so yeah I think that um, we have to appreciate that we have both it may not feel like it mm-hmm. but we do have both we do have an abundance of um, of um, really um, opportunities for um, for focusing the way that we do things differently. I mean, I think we have to think about um, uh, the things that are gonna, that are gonna be important drivers of change. You know, we have the opportunity to manage care differently across the continuum of care so that we use the resources that we have wisely. Uh, we have uh, um, the opportunity to look at really matching the work that we do to the needs of a, of a, com- of a population that we're serving that's becoming more complex mm-hmm. and more diverse. Um, you know, our models for payment of healthcare changing. So in all of that, you know, even though we have the shortage, we have to look at um, all of those trends and drivers of change that might impact the way that we d- provide nursing care as we go along. So artificial intelligence, for example, is, is one of those solutions that I think, you know, we need to be, you used to say all the time, we need to be driving the broken plane <laughs> or flying the broken plane while we build another one. It's like, yeah, we've got to look at that. We do have the resources to build another plane, which uh, can't be said in some, in some nations. So huge opportunities there. Well, four things that just picking out of what you just said. So the first one, and I feel like you, it's that wisdom where you're saying that there's never been a day where we've had all the resources. So any advice, speak to leaders of just speaking the truth, because it feels like if we don't speak to that truth, we are, we're, we're missing a historic opportunity that this is a challenge and this challenge, we don't have a bunch of nurses hiding under a rock that we're just going to automatically find them. So any advice to leaders first off about just speaking truth? Yeah, I think, um, I think it is important to, to be truthful that yes we've got to uh, we do we are facing this shortage but also that we um, um, in addition to um, to looking at um, at that we need to um, uh, we need to do some continue to do some of the things we have been doing doesn't mean that we can't still be more efficient more effective more focused that we can't that we have to again it isn't it isn't um, because we have a shortage, we accept less in terms of quality. Again, it, it is it is truly a time I think where we where for great creativity mm-hmm. in the way that we do things. And I feel like I'm I'm saying the same thing, but I think <laughs> that sometimes people are saying, "Well, I can't be efficient. I can't be effective. I can't do this, and I can't do that." Those things don't need to go out the window. We need to face the reality that we do have um, really um, significant shortages, but we also have lots of things that we can do to change. Um, to change the way that to change the way that the workforce is structured, what we do, and also um, there's a lot that we can do really to um, address kind of supply through through the value population and also address demand through new work models. So, asking ourselves why what's going to draw nurse people into the nursing profession? What do we need to do to make it the type of work that people uh, seek to do, find joy in doing, and uh, and then 
where is the value that connects to what people what people really feel is important to them i mean i think about for myself you know it hasn't changed for me the reasons that i chose to be a nurse and the reasons that i chose healthcare uh, but, the, but I always am interested when I talk to nurses, not just what drew you into nursing, but what causes you to stay mm-hmm. and what brings you joy in your work. And I think you've got to be looking at both. OK, how do we increase the supply and how do we also address the demand um, for a profession that you know needs new nurses? So. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question it, or not, but well, it does actually. And I apologize. I'm like I'm like holding you back because your brain is going to all the solution. <laughs> I just wanted to, but I think you actually said it, and I think you said it in a good way, which is it's not just you know we're we're, we're having staffing challenges. It's going to get better. No, this is an opportunity from the challenge. And so the second and third I heard in the beginning of what you were saying is, and actually I've heard you say this almost all up that my time of working with you is helping nurses practice to the fullest extent of their license. It feels like, it feels, and, but there's even beyond that, right? Which is then even rethinking what that actually means, which is all that future innovation. And so, you know, you and I used to always say the future is always, or necessity is always the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. Because of this staffing crisis, those things you've been preaching for so long, it feels like now the time has come. How do you get nurses out of those things that, that are not in, in the fullest extent of their license, literally drawing them down, sucking them into the task, almost screensaver mode, but then also rethinking what that practice looks like. So I know those are two passions of yours. So take those they two are. and run with it. They are. They are. And that's a wonderful question because I think that um, we can get sucked into the task part of our work instead of the knowledge and innovation part of the work that we do. And the tasks are important, but I think that often I think one of my um, most, most frustrating moments in nursing is when um, I worked with nurses to kind of redesign the way that they deliver care. And they had a hard time thinking about where they brought value and the things that, that, mm. that they uniquely added that beyond the tasks that they did, which are important. But I think when we think about um, um, redesigning the way that care is delivered, some of the tasks that we hold on to as only as we as nurses can can do are tasks that we need to let go of because there are tasks that only we can do. And I think that nurses need to begin to see themselves again as, as not just people who have a responsibility to complete important tasks, but they also have unique knowledge that they bring to um, to the workforce and to the care of patients and families. And I think that, you know, there's no doubt in some other healthcare professions that those folks are knowledge workers and that uh, people don't ask them, how many IVs did you start today? Or how many, you know, meds did you pass today? You know, they're much, they're very clear that those folks could do those things, but the things that they're doing that no one else can do are things that they need to spend their time on. So I think that there's always gonna be choices about the work that we do and whether or not it's work that we can share with other people. I think the other thing that I'm passionate about is us really collaborating effectively with other members of the healthcare team, which I think that we have an opportunity to continue to develop our skills in. We have we have that strength and our desire to collaborate, but how effective are we in collaborating? And so I think those are some ways that we leverage um, who we are and what we bring to the healthcare, um, to the healthcare systems that we work in. So yeah, I think, um, you know, we've got to we've got to think in those lines. We've got to not be bogged down in, in just the task, but recognize that the scope of our work is much bigger than that, and uh, really identify the unique contributions that we make and have to make. And those are the things that satisfy nurses most. I remember being in a 
something I call a nursing salon with nurses who and nurses saying to me, I feel like sometimes I've given up the most important part of my work, mm. uh, the relationship based aspects of my work, uh, you know, the, the, the opportunity to talk with patients and families to know who they are and to use that knowledge of who they are to really um, to really deliver care differently and to make sure I, I, I you've probably heard me say that that sometimes we as, as nurses and healthcare professionals we we tend to throw the kitchen sink at our patients and families rather than which is so so characteristic of the hospice and palliative care model rather than focus on what's most important to them so what we think we most importantly bring as well as what's most important to patients and families is critical if we're going to really um, use uh, this opportunity we have to use our resources differently. Again, the long-term transformation is that the way that we use what we have looks very different maybe than the way we, it looks today. So a couple of thoughts, Michelle, listening to you. Um, and you probably have bumped into this already. I imagine it's really difficult to ask those nurses to think about where they add value versus the tasky stuff. And so it almost feels like you got to bring the patient into, like, how did that nurse impact? It's almost like a customer focus as well, because sometimes we don't even realize when we're bringing our greatest gift to a, uh, a situation of how that impacted the other person. And so any way that you can bring the customer into that conversation, there might be some really cool pearls there, especially for nurses, because sometimes we just load them with so many tasks that they don't realize those poignant moments when they do have the impact. Some of them do, right? but I think it's almost impossible sometimes for them to decenter to realize, oh my gosh, that was the thing. Um, and the other thing that's occurred to me is Dr. Morris used to always say, you know, if I was a a brain surgeon, my, my brain surgery technique would be my greatest gift. But as a hospice and palliative care physician, it has a lot to do with presence and communication skills. Absolutely. And, and so it feels like that's what you're, what you're really kind of poking on there. And then, Michelle, are you also looking at, um, like, as nurses start to transform maybe what their practice looks like and also practice to the fullest extent of their license, will that create other disciplines that don't exist today between, like, a certified nursing assistant and a nurse? Like, you know, I know some people are looking at paramedicine. There's the whole community health worker. Um, do you see other disciplines emerging? I think potentially yes, because I think there are there's shared work that we that we have that we can share or that we can reallocate, and there's work that again is um, is that nurses are uniquely trained to do and also uniquely passionate about doing, um, and so I do think that uh, we'll use we'll use um, the shared work opportunities differently, and we'll find different ways to partner with other disciplines and other and maybe even create roles. That can that can safely and effectively take on those tasks, but I also think that um, you know we that we really um, that we really need to think about that it's not just what we do, but how we do it. And so some of the, there it is so much for me an individual issue uh, for that for as you work in the context of a relationship with the patient and family, which tasks you hold on to, which tasks you give away, because it's not just the task that you do, but it's how you do the task mm -hmm. um, that matters. And and it's seeing that there's seeing what again um, what again you can um, uniquely bring to that. I mean, there are times when me giving a bath you know, adds more value because of what else I bring into that process than maybe having someone else. And it very much depends on the individual needs of that patient. And as you say, maybe that need for presence gets addressed through me giving them the bath because really I'm trying to advance a relationship that allows me to partner more effectively. I think the other thing that we 
we don't spend enough time, um, and it's, it's very meaningful to me because of the specialty that I am, is, is learning how to really skillfully partner with patients and families. Uh, and to have that be a partnership rather than this kind of we have the answers as opposed to mm-hmm. you and I uncover and discover those answers together. And so not being permanently attached to a task, but recognize the task is an ends to a means sometimes, or sometimes the task is one that that we can um, we can share with other people and they can do it just as effectively and we can provide some guidance in, in um, how that accomplishes the work of nursing. Well, Michelle, I'm going to ask you for final thoughts, but I do I hope that you could weave into your final thoughts when you were talking about the polarity. Um, mm-hmm. That feels really big. So any final thoughts and if you could bring that in? Yeah, I think it is big. I think that there's always there's there are polarities everywhere, um, you know, and we tend to think in either or rather than both and thinking. And we really have to appreciate that we are working with the most complex um uh, beings on the planet. We do work that's relationship-based, that's people-oriented, and so, you know, and we and our organizations are becoming more complex. Healthcare is more and more complex. We've been saying that for a long time, and we really do have to bring that polarity thinking to and recognize that that's how you come to that third way, that it isn't either or, it's a both and, if you embrace both. I mean, I think when I, when I think about um, the conflict that we experience in healthcare, you know, in the world, it's because there's this either or kind of a to the way that we solve problems. And by not acknowledging that there are polarities and recognizing that they're interdependent and you need both to move toward that third way, I think we don't sometimes solve, we don't solve problems that have plagued us for a very long time. So uh, to me, that is a huge leadership principle. And uh, I think that it it really is, as we look at really working in a complex healthcare system that needs significant transformation, it really is going to be important for us to be able to find that third way and recognize that um, all of those things um, and that tension need to be held together. No, Michelle, when I hear you say that, you know, you know, my famous little analogy of the vision of the eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's like that keeps coming to me every day that that is. And it wasn't mine. I got it from another leader speaker years ago. But be able to see the vision, but see the details and like literally mm-hmm. think on both planes at once is another kind of metaphor. Or at least that comes to my mind when I hear you talking. And it's it's easier to do that either or. Right. Let me just get, get that done. Just get it off mm-hmm. the list. But it just screws stuff up. <laughs> and yeah. this this is a time when just doing that same old task and getting it off your list with either our thinking is probably doing more harm than good. And so this is the time for true leadership where we do have to do that both and thinking. And it's understanding the vision. Just like you're talking about, we've got to think about the model in new ways while we're involved in the nitty-gritty details of how am I going to staff this shift today? How are we going to... Right. And, and literally be working like on two planes at the same time. That just keeps... I just feel the weight of that as you keep talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think when I'm talking to students and and, and, uh, and I, again, I teach pre-licensure students and I teach across all programs, but I'm pre-licensure students struggle with this idea of, hey, I just want to take care of patients. I just want to be a competent nurse. And I'm like, but you are from the moment you do take, you enter this profession, you're a leader because you have influence. And so don't miss the opportunities to do just exactly what you said. I mean, to influence, you know, the environments that you work in, to inv- influence the way that care is being delivered. Uh, because yes, intake, yes, you got to be safe. It's not safety or 
or transformation. It's not quality care or or uh, enough staff. You know, it's it's all of those. You have to figure you have to figure both of those out. And uh, hmm. yeah, I think that it's that either or. It's like, well, I can either take care of the patients or I can transform the environment that I work in. It's like you have to be able to do a little bit of both. You have to be in the midst of that and see where the opportunities are for that to be a better place to work, for it to set you up to be successful in practice, and and you really have to be thinking on those on both those planes as you described because i think that is that's so powerful and if you and if you miss too many of those opportunities then you end up just kind of um, going through your day and only seeing one way as opposed to seeing how you have the opportunity to influence both poles yeah and it's just going to be back the next day in a different way exactly <laughs> exactly exactly so wow. it's that sort of thing if you don't if you only focus on the the urgent and important crisis then you never get a chance to focus on the things that could perhaps help you prevent the crisis or help you really solve some problems that have plagued you for a long time and that's where that kind of thinking really is very helpful well, Michelle, final thing is, um, what are you? What book are you reading right now? I'm reading Navigating Polarities, which is really um, something that I'm really trying to learn. There's there's tools, there's a framework associated with it, and uh, there is uh, a lot of um, a lot of just great wisdom about working in the complex. Um, living and working in the complex world that we live in. It's using both and thinking to lead transformation. And it, it talks about how you do two seemingly opposite things at once, how you can be candid and diplomatic, how you can provide structure and flexibility, how you can keep things stable and lead change at the same time. You can focus on organizational interests as a leader and, and do what's best for employees. It's that, that deeper understanding of, give you a deeper understanding of, of where they show up and how they work. and so. It really, and it also, I haven't gotten to the place where I'm, I'm deep into the practical tools, but there are practical tools to transform that tension into really a very positive driving force and help by expanding your either or thinking to include a both and thinking. Wow. Well, Michelle, thank you. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, I have a feeling this is one I'm going to listen to a couple of times and keep unpacking. So, and our listeners always want to thank you and always want to leave you with a bookend to our podcast. And Michelle and I, I read this quote by her and it felt very apropos to our discussion today. It's from John Kenneth Gilbreth. It says, all the great leaders have one characteristic in common. It was the willingness to confront unequivocally the major anxiety of their people and their time. This and not much else is the essence of leadership. Thanks for listening to TCN Talks.